0: Do 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 do
1: To the Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM. We're broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus on the Unceded Ancestral and Traditional Musqueam Territory in Vancouver. I am your host, Sarah Unju, and I have a great show for you today. It's so good that I hope if you're listening to this on your car, going I don't know, going home, or maybe you're going to a park or a restaurant. I don't know. If you're listening to this on the car, I hope that there's not much traffic, but I also hope that there's enough traffic that you listen to this whole show because it's just really good. All of our shows are just really good. We produce high quality things for you. We do it for you and we do it for ourselves too. I love producing the show. I just love it so much and I hope it shows. I said show way too many times. Okay, so what's on the agenda today? We're going to start off with an interview I did with Samantha Wan, who is, the, who is the co-creator, co-star, producer, and she also directed three episodes of the third season of Second Gen, which is a TV show... I believe filmed here in Vancouver <laughs> and Samantha is from Toronto if I'm not mistaken. We and then we have an interview that Eva did with Switzer Meyer which is a band. I'm loving all of this music content that Eva gives us Gives us oh my god Eva gives us because we never really covered music before Eva. Um, so it's good. You get uh, you get some more variety. <laughs> and then afterwards, I'm going to have my review of Francesca Fruer's And Does It Edge Closer? Which is a dance show presented by the Dance Center. Yes. <laughs> and then we have two shoutouts. Uh, first shoutout is to Studio 58's Tomorrow Love. And our second shoutout is Odella Arts. <laughs> Bring your own project. I will be getting more into these at the end of the show, so make sure you stick around to hear what those things are. So, we're gonna start off the show with Samantha Wan's interview. Although, before we do that, I do want to mention that today we were supposed to have a review of Magos Herrera, but they are having problems with uploading the performance online and Silvana is supposed to watch it online and then do the review because, you know, it's COVID. We can't go anywhere. All of the performances are canceled. So we have to watch everything online. And so <laughs> um, that means that we can't have the review right now, which is unfortunate. And we apologize for that. But hopefully we'll be ha- able to have it next week. If not, the week after that, we're going to keep trying. We're going to do that review when we can. But if we can't do it next week, it's okay. We have a bunch of amazing content next week already. We have it all planned out. We have an interview with... Ray Ko, who I hope I pronounced that name right, who is part of Tomorrow Love that I'm gonna be talking about later. And we have an interview with Jordy Matheson, who is the producer of the virtual humanity that again I'll be talking about next week. Okay, so my interview with Samantha. Before we get into it, again, she, okay, I feel like I'm just giving way too much information at once. So she mentions a DOP in the interview, and I wanted to quickly mention that DOP stands for the Director of Photography and Film, who is who basically works with the director on the blocking, so where the actors will stand and what they will be doing during a scene. Also, important to mention that 2nd Gen's new episodes are airing until March 21st, so make sure you check it out. And with all of that said i will leave you to my in th- interview <laughs> with samantha who is just a really lovely person enjoy hi everyone today i'm with samantha Wan, and we're going to be talking about second gen and hi samantha how are you doing i'm good i'm good thanks for having me of course so um you are the co-creator co-star executive producer of second gen and I also read that you directed three episodes so a lot you're very involved with it which is (laughs) amazing so um before we really get into it do you mind telling us what second gen is all about
2: yeah second gen is a is a half hour sitcom about uh second generation millennials and their immigrant families so basically what we define a second generation means that if you were born here but your parents immigrated so I growing up in Vancouver like everyone <laughs> almost everyone I knew like so many second generation like lots of second generation Asians I'm Chinese mm-hmm. um and so like it you know it was a very specific experience that Amanda and I hadn't seen mm-hmm. on television yet because Kim's Convenience and Fresh Out the Boat were not out yet yeah And we came out around the same time and yeah it's about two uh best friends two best girlfriends who are kind of like trying to make their way in the world in toronto and you know getting through life's dumpster fires this this year um we're really actually quite focused too on i think things that we really saw going on in the world around us so Mm -hmm. you know there's, you know, discussion on privilege, internet trolling, family therapy, but, like, we really, we even have an episode on yellow fever. Mm -hmm. Like, we really try and, we really try and, like, get into, like, things that are really happening to us right now.
1: Yeah, sounds great. Um, And so you knew Amanda, who is the co-creator, along with you, before um, starting second gen, and this is the third season, so I'm guessing it you have been working on it together for a while now. And so I'm wondering how did this first come about? You mentioned that you didn't really see this representation on television before the Fresh Off the Boat and Kim's Convenience. So um, how did you guys kind of decide that you wanted to do do this and go through with it?
2: So Amanda and I both met on uh, an indie horror film called The Devil's Mile. (laughs) Uh, And... We both are playing these Japanese schoolgirls who got locked in a trunk together, <laughs> and we literally did get locked in the trunk together because <laughs> it was an interview. So it's not even like a fake car, like. It was a real trunk that was just big enough to fit two girls. Mm
3: -hmm. Um,
2: You know, and that first day that we were, like, both huddled together and everyone's like, where are the car keys to try and get us out? We're like, I think we should make our own work. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's kind of, like, the story we like to tell, and that is how we met and kind of how it began. We, We both were just also going out for it. That movie was great, but outside of that, too, we were going out for just such stereotypical roles. You know, at the time, we were both auditioning to be a geisha. Mm -hmm. I had just, like, auditioned to be a mail-order bride. Like, that was all I was going out for, and Mm -hmm. it was frustrating. Yeah. And there was nothing, there was literally nothing on television um, that represented us. And, like, not just, like, seeing ourselves represented, but, like, you know, had humor had a different point of view other than the white male perspective, which, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a point of view, but there are other ones. So,
1: yeah, I wanted that and so going back to what you mentioned with the first question how you tackle some issues while also you know this being a sitcom and you kind of use the issues that you faced if i'm not mistaken and so how did you guys kind of go about with this idea because i feel like it's quite difficult to mix Um, funny with serious and for example I watched the first episode and the episode with the yellow viewer and so I feel like you did a really good job both maintaining the fact that you know this is something that happens in the real world this is an issue but also making it funny and so how do you guys kind of go with the how the how is the process that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. No, I totally hear you. I mean, I think comedy is the best about talking about social issues and things that are going on because it opens you up. And so, like, for us, when we're trying to find, like, what is the humor in this, is honestly getting down to, like, the truth mm-hmm. in the sense of, like, the truer it is, the funnier it is, and, like, just getting really specific. So, for example, in the Yellow Fever episode, right, Jen gives... Um, her boyfriend a uh, yellow fever BuzzFeed quiz. Yeah. <laughs> like, and asking and asking her all the all the questions. Like it didn't even make it into this cup, but the amount of questions that we came up and even like looked up BuzzFeed yellow fever quizzes of like how much sriracha do you eat in a day? Like, <laughs> like, do you do you have a katan? Like so many things like that. Like that's that's where the humor comes from. It's it's just getting really, really specific. So when we're trying to find find that humor, that's kind of where it lies. Mm-hmm we we how we balance it It is all just about like what is my experience as a person of color or a woman in the world like it's just what is what is my how do I laugh at myself how do I laugh at what's going on because that's really the way we all survive and cope
1: Mm -hmm. yeah that's so true (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah a lot of people I feel like use comedy as a coping mechanism so
2: Exactly. So basically, it's a big old coping mechanism for the world. Who needs
1: therapy when you can just create shows? (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) And so, um, as I mentioned in the beginning, you're the co-creator, you direct the three episode, you're also the co-star. And so, how was the experience of directing and also acting at the same time?
2: Yeah, it was... um... Some parts were a lot harder than I thought they would be, and other parts were easier. So, yeah, I... So we only have six episodes, so I directed half the season. Mm -hmm. Um, And... The, thought, the part that I thought that was going to be hard was uh, I, both man and I started as actors. And I thought actually acting with the other actors and giving them notes was going to be the hardest part. Because mm-hmm. as an actor, you're told never give your scene partner notes. And yeah. please don't, any yeah. new actors out there. It's very rude. And it's not your job. Yeah. Uh, but it is funny when you are the director and you're in an acting scene with someone. And you're like, oh, I just wish they would do this or something like this would happen. You can just tell them to do it. Yeah. <laughs> It's very funny, like, in that way. Also, jokes aside, too. Um, I'm on another series called Private Eyes. hmm an actor, and Jason Priestley is the lead, the number one on the show, and he usually directs, so I learned a lot from him. mm mm-hmm. um, And he taught me to... One, it's kind of great to be the actor and director in the scene because you can kind of direct the scene. Like inside it, if you're like, oh, this isn't moving fast enough, you can act faster. Mm -hmm. And when you have good actors like we do, they will act faster with you. And then two, it's incredibly important to be well, well prepared, probably more than a regular director, Mm -hmm. because you don't get to... Uh, well, for us, we didn't have any time. We don't get to review the footage. Like, I don't get to shoot it and then watch it back to see if I like it. Mm-hmm. I have to set up the shot with a stand-in. So basically someone who kind of looks like me, who's the best. Her name was Annie. And she would learn all of my blocking and then do it. And I would stand with the DOP and, like, wa- like set up the shots with her instead of me. Mm-hmm. But then after that, like I just have to communicate to the dop what I want, and then I have to trust them that it's it's working. And it's kind of a mixed bag in the editing room. Sometimes it's exactly what I
1: wanted, and sometimes I'm like, oh no. <laughs> well, it's a little a surprise, a little element that keeps you on your toes. <laughs> yeah, it
2: definitely is. It's a it's a new present when you get
1: to the editing room. Yeah, and so. Um, in the first episode, the you your character Jen um talks with Michelle Obama's um bubblehead. Uh yeah. she calls her Obama. And so I'm wondering how did you guys come up with the idea of Obama because I have never seen a bubblehead be used that way in any <laughs> show. Um I have
2: to give a sh- I have to um so the bobblehead of Mich- of Obama, Michelle Obama. Uh Actually, in the earlier drafts, we had a different bobblehead for every scene. So we actually, in the the beginning, we actually wanted her to have like this huge myriad. So like it would like build and build and build as each time Jen was trying to like figure out a new way to deal with something, she'd get like a different mentor. So it was like, it was like um, Obama, then it was Ruth Bader Ginsburg, then it was going to be like Beyonce, um, (laughs) Beyonce. Because we, we realized in that, in that because I basically do that all by myself. I'm acting by myself the whole time. Mm-hmm. We, need, we needed someone to talk to. <laughs> um, so it was a great note to be like, why don't you give her like a bobblehead? Yeah. And then at the end of the day, we couldn't afford many different kinds of bobbleheads. <laughs> so we just had to pick the winner, which of course was Mobama. Yeah. Um... And uh, that's kind of how, how she came to be.
1: Okay, that's that's wonderful. I love the fact that Mo was a product of budget problems. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It worked out perfectly, though. Just... Um, and so, I also read that you are also a dancer, a martial artist, and a certified combatant for stage and screen fights, which is very ex- exciting and impressive. And so, I don't think that maybe screen fighting is very suitable for second gen but um, I was wondering if you would ever want to create a show that kind of uses those elements that you have
2: yeah I mean absolutely I actually have a show called sudden master which people can check out like sudden like isn't suddenly Mm -hmm. and it's a martial arts series Mm -hmm. and I do all of the fighting you know, it's also on omni on omni.ca so people can go see second gen or sudden master mm-hmm. um, there and yeah it's it's uh, five episodes every episode is based off like a martial art lesson where she where my character alex does this kind of underground battle with a rivaling school mm-hmm. and i do all the stunts i do all of their sword fighting there's pulls there's um, Different types of fighting, like trying fighting two people at once. There's fighting boxing. It's it was extensive. <laughs> like it was an extensive series to shoot. I also produced it and, and um, uh, with with a partner, David Langall, and wrote it with a partner, Richard Young. And making a kung fu series is oh, it's. <laughs> I just didn't realize how many cuts need to be done <laughs> in a fight scene. Yeah, it's it. You can take a whole day shooting a fight scene. It's extensive. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They don't look easy to do either. And so I can only imagine. Well, um, before we go, I want to ask where can people watch 2nd Gen and where can they find you and 2nd Gen in general? So
2: people can check out uh, 2nd Gen. The latest episodes are every Sunday at 8.30 p.m. on Omni. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have cable, it's fine. Uh, you can also go on to Omni, TV, Omni OmniTV.ca. Yeah. And every week the, the latest episode will be posted there so the mm-hmm. next day. So people can check it out there. And you can follow us on Instagram at at Second Gen TV and we'll
1: also be posting updates and behind the scenes stuff there as well. Sounds great. Um well, unfortunately that's all the time we have. <laughs> I wish we could talk more about Second Gen and um your role in it, but um I think it also kind of leaves this little mystery for people to go check it out. <laughs> thank you so much for speaking with me, Samantha. Oh, thank you so much.
2: This was really fun and I hope people enjoy the show.
1: Welcome back. I really hope you enjoyed that interview and don't forget to check out Second Gen on Omni TV or just at Omni if you have cable. And we're gonna go into a quick add-in PSA break and afterwards we'll be back with Eva's interview with Switzermeier. I'm not gonna pop back in after the Adam PSA break. Eva's just going to take over. And then after Eva's interview, again, we have another Adam PSA break. Our breaks are very fast, I promise. They're not even one minute long. It's not worth for you to fast forward if you're listening to this on a podcast or switch to another station if you're listening to this on the radio uh, and then after Eva's interview I'm going to be back with my review and the shout outs so talk to you then
0: Discorder magazine has been supporting local music for over 30 years thanks to the long term support of the Rickshaw Theatre, Discorder lives
1: to party, catch a friend.
0: If favorite bands are playing at the Rickshaw Theater, check out their calendar just behind the cover of Discord or magazine or at rickshawtheater.com.
3: Now the patriarchy is dead And we killed it If you identify as a woman, femme, trans, or non-binary CITR wants you on the air You can talk about literally whatever you want As long as you care about it No worries if you have no experience We'll train you in everything you need to know Come by CATR and say hi,
2: hey, hi, hello,
3: from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m., Monday to Friday, to help us never play Led Zeppelin on CATR 101.9 FM ever again. Hey, this is Eva Drowdy, and this week I'd like to introduce you to another band if you don't already know Switzermeyer. The band is a collaboration between Gibson Switzer and Max Meyer, who have written, recorded, and produced several singles and an LP together in the past year. So I'm going to play a song for you real quick, and you're going to notice that they blend the genres of indie rock, jazz, hip-hop, you name it. And also, another fun fact about this band, they often feature various vocalists, including Abby Johnson, who you'll hear on the track, Oliver New, and Eddie Spencer, who also raps on the track. So up next, we've got an interview with Gibson and Max, but first, let's hear their new single, this is I Know You. I know
4: you, man, don't you call me
0: But I can tackle the
3: right we're back you just listened to the single by switzer meyer i know you and i'm here with max meyer and gibson switzer what's up guys
0: hey how's it going thanks for having us
3: oh you're so welcome thanks for being here so let's start us off a little introduction why don't you tell me your names your roles in the band and i'd like to do a little icebreaker what's your favorite album of all time
0: all right uh i'm max and uh i play keyboards and synth bass and uh also do some vocals and stuff as the main role in the band, I'd say one of my favorite albums is, uh,
4: 10 by Pearl Jam. Nice. Good Good selection. Um, yeah, I'm Gibson. I play drums and vocals and whatever else I need to be doing. Mostly drums and vocals though. And I would say currently my favorite album of all time is Todd by Todd Rundgren.
3: Love it. Uh, I love both those albums. Cool. So, jumping right in. Congrats on the release of that single that we just listened to. Could you tell me a little bit about Thank that you. track?
0: Uh, yeah, so I Know You is uh, kind of just a riff on the ending of a, a song that uh, we had on our last project, The Perfect Crime. Um, basically, the end of this song called Fall In Line, it, it just ends by going,
4: I know you. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: and during a rehearsal, we were just kind of uh, messing around with like a new riff that we wrote and writing and singing i know you over and over again on it yeah um, and then it it became a song all on
4: its own That's yeah so we cool. kind of just started with the i know you and then continued with the theme of pretending that we're criminals in this fictional world that we're singing about and yeah just kind of went from there
3: That's super cool. You mentioned your last record, which is The Perfect Crime, and I can tell clearly you've got the passion for the artistry of the album, right? Like, I know you cited as Influences Max some very classic concept album forerunners, like you got David Bowie and Pink Floyd. So for you both, what's kind of your goal, or what do you think about when you go into crafting a Switzermeyer album?
0: Ooh, I mean, the last album was kind of just, uh, it just came about from, Gibson and I jamming together for the first time. Um, yeah, like it, it really wasn't uh, preconceived too much on no. on that one, but I guess going forward, we really look towards like having really concrete recurring instruments. Uh, so like really having ma- making sure every song kind of has like some consistency with the song before and after. Um, as well as maybe just
4: uh, like overarching lyrical themes is really important in an album too. Yeah, I think for the last album, we really, it was super off the top. We basically wrote it in a day or wrote the instrumental in a day and then recorded it over the next two days. Um, So there wasn't really any creative process there. (laughs) But with the new stuff, yeah, we just come up with an idea and try and work through it and make it into a song. And then whatever genre it turns out as is kind of how it is.
3: Yeah, whatever genre it turns out as is a funny way to put it, because that's totally true. It's hard to place your band into any one genre. It's jazz, hip-hop, pop, you name it, right? What influenced you two to kind of start making that kind of music or that kind of fusion?
4: Uh, Well, it's pretty much just uh, the things that Max and I have in common that we listen to. Uh, Like, we both listen to a bunch of different stuff that we don't both like, but we both do really like a lot of, uh, Steely Dan and Super Tramp and stuff like that where it's kind of like a pop song but there's a little something else there to it um, and yeah I don't think we really ever decided to make a certain kind of music we just made music together and then it came out as what it is
0: yeah we, we definitely have experience um, you know recording uh, different projects on our on our own time uh, so we weren't necessarily like just shooting in the dark, trying to make an album together, but uh, both of our experiences coming together and both kind of knowing like what we each want uh, and then, you know, respecting each other's ideas, like that just comes
4: together and makes, makes for good music. Yeah, with our other projects, I feel like Max and I are always tend to kind of be like the leader of the band. Not that it's not like a collaborative thing, but we always kind of step in and Take that leader role. So then, when we got together to make music, it went really smoothly because we both were just trying to put our nose to the grindstone and put something together. So yeah.
3: Hmm. And no real artistic kind of clashing with that when there's two leaders in the band.
4: uh there's certainly clashing, but you know, nothing too bad. Nothing drastic.
3: Gotcha. Uh,
0: he lets me play drums, and I'll let him play keyboards sometimes, and uh, you know, it it all works out. Yeah, we have a, a mutual understanding. It's whatever the song needs.
3: Okay, so no John Paul action happening here, really.
0: No, no, no. no. We're buds. (laughs) buds. Yeah.
3: Love that. And you mentioned your various other musical projects just a minute ago. Max, you play Keys and Solastris and you produce music with Ape Shit Fuckjacked. Is that correct? Yeah. Am I missing anything else? Because you guys are Uh, going for a multi got
0: An upcoming uh, surf surf rock project called Marmalade Wake. Oh, uh, shut up. That's both dropping this, uh, this summer but uh yeah that's just you know under the radar so far
3: Ooh, i love that sounds so exciting and gibson you play drums in another local band don kaishta right
4: true yeah true yeah i play in kaishta uh i yeah don Keisha's weird. i kind of just played drums out of necessity in that band because uh, nobody in vancouver has a drum kit but uh but yeah don kaishta and then i also have a SoundCloud account called Gibby Switz, which is where I post all of my hip-hop endeavors.
3: Mm. Are you? Would you say you're the leading force for the hip-hop aspect of Switzerland?
4: Uh No, not really. Max and I both uh, have a love and appreciation for hip-hop music, but we're both kind of not that good at rapping, so we got our other friends, Oliver and Eddie, uh, who are super talented rappers, um, to come on, because there were just certain parts of our songs that had you know that kind of beat that sounds like it could have rapping over it so we kind of just uh, outsourced the rapping <laughs> for that one
3: yeah well I was interested in hearing like who's been involved in in I Know You and also The Perfect Crime who are kind of the lead components of Switzermeier that you outsource as you say
0: uh well for uh, most of the choruses, uh, especially the big choruses on any song, we have our, our friend Abby. She comes on and uh, sings with us. And we really think that adds a lot uh, mm-hmm. to the, the overall sound of Switzermeier. And then as far as uh, like rappers, as, as we mentioned, we have Eddie and Oliver. Those those guys are pretty key. They're each on a song. Uh, Oliver's on The Reason, and Eddie's on I Know You. Mm-hmm. And then our friend Luca is uh he he tracks with us and he'll fill in as kind of a session musician for guitar or bass um you know whenever we're taking care of other things in the song
3: cool yeah i i love abby she's the sweetest she's one of the people that moved out to montreal right because a few yeah, right, you lost yeah. a few members to montreal
4: yeah eddie and oliver also went out to montreal so yeah it's pretty much just us and luca now just uh, making it happen. But we were fortunate enough that Abby and Oliver and Eddie weren't in Montreal yet when we recorded I Know You and the Reason, so they're still on there.
3: Awesome. So, yeah, you guys are pretty experimental, and you have so many different people come in and out, and so there's usually lots of surprises creatively. What direction do you two see this project taking in the next year?
0: Uh, definitely uh, kind of continuing with like the progressive pop idea, you know, like keeping like a catchy melody and like some kind of structure that you can grab onto, but sprinkling in little like odd time signature uh, or like genre mixing like whenever we feel like it to
4: keep it uh, fresh and Spitzermeier. Yeah, just kind of continuing with the Steely Dan rap genre. Steely um, Dan and-
3: rap, that's awesome.
4: <laughs> yeah, you that's should trademark that genre. That's our genre. That's that's their genre for now. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, but. As far as uh, collaboration goes, like Gibson and I typically do most of the writing and the reporting of like the bass tracks, but uh, we've kind of kept it open for, you know, whoever we really feel like could collaborate with us, uh, like mm-hmm. in, a, in a greater sense, like we're open to the idea of just having a fluid uh, lineup on whatever, you know, the album or the project is.
3: Yeah, it's so unique. I love that. And because you've got so many different projects going on with a lot of the same members, actually, what do you think the unique vision of Switzermeier is, as opposed to all those?
4: Uh, yeah, I feel like Switzermeier. There's something about it because it's not really either Max or I's like main sort of project that we kind of have a bit of a freedom with it to just do what we want and you know take inspiration from bands that we listen to and not really. I don't know I feel like we don't really care what it turns out like it's more about like we always say we would just be hanging out having fun anyways so we may as well record an album while we're doing it you know so that's kind of the vision that's, that's the vision that's, <laughs> yeah, that's the heart of Switzerland yeah.
3: yeah so fluidity I guess is the same kind of theme as, as yeah. always right I love it and totally. what's the story of how you two kind of came together were you friends from high school or how did that happen
4: um, yeah, I'm, I knew uh, Max's little brother, Siggy, first, and I would always just be hanging around Max and Siggy's house, just <laughs> chilling, doing whatever, and I always knew Max played music, and yeah, just one day we decided to jam, and the rest is kind of history. I, I was very adamant, uh, I just went to Gibson's house,
0: and I was very adamant that we just set up all, an entire, like, recording <laughs> session, basically, yeah. just, like, I know we're jamming for the first time, but we're just going to record the whole thing. Yeah. And then it, it actually just worked out really well. Yeah, it turned like out
3: great.
4: Inspire us to make an album out of it. Yeah, oh, it was gosh. funny. We we basically set up the mics and just jammed whatever came to the top of our heads. And then over the next like two days after that first time we jammed, that's when we recorded the bass for the instrumentals of our first album, The Perfect Crime. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how it happened.
3: That's, it was fate. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today, which is super, super sad. But before we leave, why don't you plug some things for us? Where can we listen to I Know You, Perfect Crime, and where can we find you guys?
0: Uh, we've got I Know You and The Reason out on streaming. Uh, February all 19th. platforms. All platforms, that's right. Uh, February 19th, so should be, uh should be out and
4: about right about now. And yep. uh, look forward to some more Switzerland later down the road this year. Yeah, we've got uh, three more songs coming out with Switzermeyer. Like Max said, he's got uh, Marmalade Wake coming out, which is his surf project. Um, with my other band, Don Keista, we are coming out with music. You can find us on streaming platforms, too. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. It's 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 happening. going to be good, hopefully.
3: Yeah, definitely. It's like falling down a hole with you guys, because every time I think that I like know all about you, and I'm like, oh, wait, there's another band Um, Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. We need a project for whatever genre we feel like making.
4: (laughs) Yeah.
3: Okay, thanks so much, guys. This was a blast.
4: All right, thanks, thanks Eva.
1: Old or New Testament? I think the New Testament. The
2: question is, Pilate. Remember Pilate from the New Testament? Pontius
0: Pilate. He fiddled well...
2: Yeah, no, just a minute. Let me ask the question, then you can give me the answer, okay? Did Pilate want Jesus to be crucified? uh, uh, Pontius Pilate washed his hands of it. So
3: did he want him to be crucified?
2: Yeah. No.
3: No.
1: No.
2: Well, tune in every Friday afternoon, 3.30 to the
1: 9th, Rochelle, Well, find a good church. It'll help you. Who we view as the most authoritative and electable is rooted in systems of oppression. There are so many inequities around having our experts in our community speak about our work. Obviously, there are several facets to this strangely homogenous nature of the electoral system.
4: And to be left out of conversations, it only exemplifies that loss of self-esteem. The that
1: the Check out CITR's live panel podcast, Conversations, hosted by our Indigenous, Accessibility, and Gender Empowerment Collectives. Subscribe to Conversations, available now on iTunes. Hello everyone! Welcome back! I really hope you enjoyed that interview that Eva did with Switzermeier. I myself enjoyed it. I, I really like that we are covering more music now because I get to find out more about local bands and local music because... Okay, I am the type of person who listens to show tunes and musical theater soundtracks as like normal music. You know, in the car, when I'm driving somewhere, I'm listening to the soundtrack of Waitress. I don't know, when I'm I'm walking around my neighborhood, I'm listening to something rotten. I don't know, it's just, you know, musicals, I love them. Uh, My favorite one, all-time favorite one is Into the Woods. My current favorite one is, I don't know, it's so difficult. I, I think it's a tie between Beetlejuice and Something Rotten. Yeah, that was information no one asked for. But basically, what I was trying to say is that I don't really listen to quote-unquote normal music and so it is really cool that i'm finding out more about these local bands and normal music <laughs> and i i i'm actually listening to them which is you know if you know me you know how crazy that is because i don't listen to anything besides musical theater <laughs> Like Eva did an interview with Black Pontiac, and last week she had her interview with Far Haven. And now I love both of those bands so much. I listen to them when I go on my daily stay away from me COVID, but I also don't want to lose my mind walks in my neighborhood. Yes. I also have procrastination walks which is just the best if I'm procrastinating doing homework. I just go out and walk for like an hour in my neighborhood. Doesn't solve anything, but I feel like I was being productive, you know? It's the best. And with that unnecessary information... I will tell you about CITR and Discorder's silent auctions. So CITR is having, as I said, silent auctions, which you can find out more about at citr.ca or CITR's Instagram account. So it is going on until April 1st. They already had like two, I think, auctions. The first one was a tattoo from a local tattoo artist. The second one was a haircut and also a gift card to a bookstore. And the one going on right now, which is available until tomorrow midnight, is a $300 gift card to John Fulwock Shoes which if you know is located I think their home base is located in Gastown they also have a store in Robson not Robson Granville Street uh in downtown but oh my god those shoes they're they're so wonderful I I love them so much and then the starting bid is at $200 which is very reasonable considering that it's a $300 gift card and you can bid at you can go to citer.ca it shows you where you can place your bids or you can just go to CITR's Instagram account. And they have so many more stuff. So like, for example, there is a prize pack. So after this current bid, this current auction, um, so Friday, February 26th, the new auction will start, which will go on until midnight, March 4th. It's going to include a $30 gift card to Banditas, a Harbor Publishing Pack, which includes it was never going to be okay by jay simpson body count by kyla jameson and the east side of it all by joseph Dundron. so it has a hundred dollar value and the starting bizet- bid is at 30 dollars, which is just amazing oh my god i keep hitting my microphone i'm so sorry if you can hear that and you can check out all of the upcoming ones in what's it called citer.ca yes <laughs> jeez okay on to let's go let's do the shout outs first yeah i think that sounds good i think so so our first shout out goes to studio 58's tomorrow love so this is studio 58's first production of the spring semester also if you don't know studio 58 is langara college's acting program And so Tomorrow Love is directed by Shekhar Paleja and Lauren Taylor. It is coming your way in four days. The production will be released as a series of videos online, which all will be available to watch between February 28th and March 7th. So it's not one full-length play, but instead it's playlists. And I believe there are 13 of them. You can sign up to watch for free. We stand free performances. <laughs> at langera.ca forward slash studio dash 58. And so, okay, the creative team, let me tell you, it's written by Rosamund Small, directed by Shekhar Paleja and Lauren Taylor, lighting and projection design by Sophie Tang, and sound design by Mary Jane Coomber. I hope I pronounced those names right. Um, you can watch it at your own pace. You don't have to watch all 13 back-to-back in the same day. You're getting the link on February 28th if you sign up before then. If you sign up after February 20th, I believe you will get it the day you sign up. And you can watch it at any day, at any pace you would like until March 7th. Again, you can sign up at lang. Oh my god, langera.ca forward slash studio dash fifty eight. I think, I think that's all about tomorrow. Love. Oh, also, oh my god, I'm interviewing. I, I mentioned this in the beginning, but it's just exciting. I am interviewing one of the actors for Tomorrow Love, and you will hear about that next week. So if you're not sold about this you know, production. You can wait until next week, March 3rd, and then listen to my interview and be like, oh my god, why have I been waiting for this long and sign up and then enjoy it. But I think you should just do it beforehand, watch them, and then listen to the interview and gain some more insight. That should be fun. (laughs) Our next shout out goes to Bring Your Own Project by Odella Arts. So Odella Arts is giving an opportunity to self-identifying Indigenous artists from across Canada to receive artistic mentorship an honorarium and online performance opportunity in the summer of 2021. So this summer. It is called bring your own project because you're bringing your own project the deadline is march 1st and if you want to apply you can email info at oliviacdavies.ca davies Davies is d-a-v-i-e-s.ca and you email a description of your project maximum 250 words a biography of of the artists involved, uh, with any links to online examples of work, um, your resume or previous performance experiences, and a video sample of recent performance work. Successful applicants will be notified via email by March 31st. Uh, You can get more information on Odella Art's website. And also you can email info at oliviacdavies.ca with further questions. By the way, Olivia, as in the name Olivia, C is the letter C. It's not like the ocean sea. (laughs) So oliviacdavies.ca. Cool. And now it is time for my review, finally. So my review is on the dance center presents, uh, Francesca Frewers and does it edge closer. This was very cool. Nothing like what I expected. So when you sign up, you get a link as you do with literally every other performance you sign up for right now. (laughs) And when you click the link, it takes you to this website with three videos and the videos start playing automatically when you enter basically and the three different videos are basically three different choreos um by the same person uh francesca fruer Frewer. fruer Frewer? i don't know how to pronounce that okay <laughs> Also at the bottom you have a playlist that you can play on Spotify created by Francesca Fruer. It's a wonderful playlist, I use it to when I'm stretching now uh, because I am a dancer, I love stretching and it's just a wonderful playlist because I think probably because it's made by a dancer for dancing It's just great. Uh, Even if you're not a dancer, I just found that the songs are pretty cool. So, yes, you can pause and play any of the videos at any time you would like. You don't have to watch them all at the same time just because they started playing at the same time. So what I personally did is uh, they started playing at the same time and then after like 10 minutes I think I stopped the first one, watched two and three and then stopped one of like the second one, watched one and three or like you can stop two of them, watch one of them. Also something cool is that the videos themselves don't have sound so she, she has earbuds on and so she can hear the music while she's dancing. Of course, she's not dancing to nothing. She's not dancing to silence, but it seems like she is because the video itself doesn't have music because you have the Spotify playlist. So what you can do is technically you can change the songs to the same choreo. Like you can take it to minute 10, for example, play play it with the first song. And then let's say it comes to 15, right? You don't want to continue. You go back to the minute 10 and you play song 15. I don't know. It's all up to you. It's like a choose your own adventure, but make it dance. It is so creative. And I was just so amazed by this concept because I have never seen anything like this. I I just I love it so much. It was so good. It was really interesting it kept you wanting to experiment with it. You can basically create your own choreography because all three videos are different, right? And so, if you pause the first video, the second one continues and then you pause that one and then the on-pause first one, the movement is different from what someone else might have watched it as. It's just, it's your own thing. Literally, like, no two people are gonna have the same experience unless they're watching it in the same room from the same computer. And so it's just so, 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 so cool. Also, you can technically watch her dance in silence, but I feel like the option to just play the songs on Spotify is so much better. (laughs) Also, Okay, something that was really interesting is that when you're watching it, let's say you're looking at you're focusing on video three, right? And you're like, Oh my god, yes, the beat works perfectly with the song. Oh, I bet she was listening to this. But then you realize that the second one starts fitting better to the song and you're like wait so maybe she wasn't listening to this when she was filming the third one and then you start watching the second one you're like okay this makes more sense but then you're like wait what if she wasn't listening to this song at all at this point of the dance like maybe she was listening to a completely like a different song and she was dancing to that but you experienced it you don't experience it with that song that she was listening to you experience it with a different song which is just very it's just a really different concept and it's really cool because you don't know what she was hearing you don't know if what you're seeing is what she was experiencing too like you don't know if your experiences are the same or not, you just kind of guess, which I think is very magical. <laughs> um, It made me miss dance so much. I miss, I just miss being on stage. I miss performing. I also just miss dancing overall, because even though I can dance at home, it really isn't the same as being in a studio. And it made me miss that, even though she was performing all alone I don't know yeah that's again information no one wanted to know <laughs> okay um something that I was thinking about throughout the whole thing is did she choreograph three different choreos and film like was what were, were the choreos in the videos structured choreographies or was it improv because in the beginning I thought wow it's impressive she had to choreograph three different dances but then I thought as it continued hey maybe it's improv because it has an air of improv I don't know if that makes sense I feel like if you know dance if you've seen dance if you've done dance you understand how um improv and structured like choreos have different feels they have different airs I don't know I hope that makes sense and so I couldn't tell again like in the beginning I thought it was a choreo uh towards the end I thought it was improv (laughs) either way it was really good uh I will say it was easier to follow the dance with two videos so I will recommend that you watch with two videos instead of all three of them playing at the same time because it is really easy to get distracted with three videos and also it's just music is playing you just want to dance I wanted to dance so much (laughs) I was like oh okay time for me to get up and dance with her (laughs) I did I did dance at one point Um, Talking about the songs, uh, you can skip a song if you don't like it. You don't have to sit through it if you don't like it, which is just really cool. Uh, If you love it, you can replay that song. I did that. There was an instrumental. I loved that so much towards the end. I thought it was the perfect song to end the performance on. So I was like just uh, replaying it for like the the last five minutes. (laughs) I thought it was wonderful. But okay, overall... Francesca Frewer did a wonderful job with End Desert Edge Closer. I'm really glad the Dance Center presented it and I'm really glad I got to watch it. Uh, I will say, check out the Dance Center. They are having a lot of free shows right now. This one was free to sign up. And you can witness amazing stuff like I did with End Desert Edge Closer. And with that, I think that's it. I think that's the end of our show, which is crazy to think about. Oh, how an hour passes. It sometimes an hour feels like a lifetime. Sometimes it's just, it goes by so fast. And in terms of the show, it just goes by so fast. I feel like I've been talking way too much this show. It's usually, you know, Other people have reviews. Other people have interviews. This show, it was just a lot of me. So, you know what I'm going to do? I think I'm going to shut up. And I'm thinking I'm going to leave you to it. And I really hope I'll see you. Well, I won't see you. (laughs) I really hope that you will listen to us next week. We will be back here next Wednesday at 5 p.m. on citr.ca or at 101.9 FM. You can listen to us. Also, you can check out our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or, again, CITR.ca. We are not on Spotify, which is a shame, but I think we will be soon, which is really cool. If you do check check us out on Apple Podcasts, why not leave a cheeky little review? That would be very fun. Give us five-star reviews and mention how... What you love most about the show. Do you like interviews? Do you like dance? Theater? What do you like? And with that, <laughs> I'm actually gonna go. I hope, I hope you enjoy the show and I hope you will be back here next Wednesday and you will enjoy that one too. Next week we have interviews and hopefully we'll have a review of Margos Herrera by Silvana. So... Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. This has been the Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM. And have a lovely day. Bye.